good morning from the road and from 2020. So I'm sure everybody's cracked their hindsight is jokes and all the rest. But um, welcome to the new year. A little bit behind, only that uh, I had a bit of a holiday uh, over the Christmas New Year's break, which meant off the air and unaware, which was pretty good. So I have no idea what this year is going to bring. I don't know what we. I'm going to find myself talking about what you'll be listening to just ramblings i guess so let's get on with it all right so i'm trying to get ideas together for stuff i'll probably possibly maybe might talk about through this upcoming year um i'm still a little bit I'm not lost for ideas, but just scattered, coming up with different stuff. Um, I, I think it, I just putting this one out to the universe because I don't really have people that uh, get back to me on this one. But um, what would somebody like to hear? What would people like to tune into or interact with? Or um, first one that came to mind, I was out walking the dogs first thing this morning in the dark and in the cool and uh, in the smoke-free environment that is uh, one rare day uh, in the little village where it doesn't feel like we're burning to the ground. Um, I'm sure everybody's well aware that Australia has just gotten worse and worse and worse and the scale of this thing is beyond. Um, Unless you're here, you really don't understand exactly how enormous and insane this, this issue is. So, that got me thinking while I was out walking um, two things and completely disjointed thinking. The first one was the climate change argument. Um, I don't think it's an argument. There is climate change. Um, people say global warming. Well, there's been, you know, coldest winters on record here and there. So that one's, it's a bit of a misnomer because climate, uh, global warming, if you follow that thinking, does contribute to freezing cold winters as well. But climate change and everyone says well there's always going to be climate change yes there is but the the ebbs and flows swings and roundabouts the highs and the lows whatever you want to call it are so much more extreme than what's been documented so anybody that denies this is happening well we probably have things to discuss but I'm open to uh, other people's um, facts and figures um, I think the problem is um, that there's uh, people that will spout off about um, no, there's no climate change, this is all well documented but they can't really back it, whereas there's hundreds of thousands uh, certainly tens of thousands actually I shouldn't say hundreds of thousands but there's tens of thousands of um, world recognised awarded applauded um, top level uh, science-based people that have facts that can't really be disputed because they're uh, zeros and ones, ones and twos. It's it's all numerical stuff that just shows it in black and white, whether you like it or not, that this is changing. So, yeah, everybody that argues these ones are usually more about oh, my mate's best friend's cousin down the coast that lives near the pub said that there's no such thing as climate change and that infuriates me. Um, I don't mind people coming to me with um, set-in-stone facts as long as they're well-researched and backed and 
I've just plucked from Wikipedia or something. So, yeah, that's one that uh, I think we'll probably get a mention through this upcoming year. Um, another one, and once again, completely disjointed, unrelated, don't even know where the hell it came from, but it just snuck up on me, was um, music choice, music uh, background, musical influences, whatever, and it came to my head the first CD that I ever bought when everybody was into tapes and, and that sort of thing, um, and it was back in the 80s, I can't even remember when it was, when the thing might have actually been the early 90s, um, I should actually check out when they released the album, but Pearl Jam 10, that thing still gets to run and never to this day has gotten old to me. I still bash out to every song and pulls up emotions here, there and everywhere. Um, I can remember I was living in Canberra just in this weird share house that I was sort of staying at passing through and um, the cool guy there that lived in the house had just bought the CD and was playing it on permanent repeat which uh, didn't upset any of us because it was obviously a landmark um, bit of music for all of us and I probably think I'd listen maybe five six seven times on a given day and then I just went oh, I've got to have this and I went out and actually bought it so um, I remember where I was and what I was feeling and what I was doing and yeah it was uh, it was a pretty cool thing but um, yeah, I'd like to know what people's, you know, go-tos are or something they bought that they're incredibly embarrassed about and then either throw it out or they want to throw it out but they, well, they tell people they threw it out but they haven't. Um, best hits, Julio Iglesias, I don't know. Um, one for me, uh, and I, I tend to listen to all different types of music, um, and my wife at the time bought this one, um, somewhere on sale and it turned out to be one of the best albums because it was just fun it was a two cd set of um songs uh that Bert Bacharach had influenced or, or written and um all the different people that sung them and it was just so cruisy and I was always surprised at how how much of a hand he had in songs that I always thought had nothing to do with him or didn't realize had anything to do with him so um so I'll go from Bert Bacharach, you know, influences or sings or related to two CD set, whatever that one was called. I can remember the cover. It was from memory. It was him and blue and white. But anyway, um, I I lost that one when I lost my wife. Um, so maybe I should go out and find that one again because that was pretty cool. And um, I'll go from that to. I don't know, Slayer, or Korn, or Run DMC, or Beastie Boys, or I'm thinking of some horrible top 40 thing that I shouldn't probably admit to, but, um, well, here's one that's not terrible in the top 40s, In Excess, uh, always love those guys, um, through to Johnny Cash, through um, Willie Nelson, then onto Slim Dusty and then out of the country and back into, I don't know, um, Disturbed and I just flit around whatever floats my boat or takes me to a different place or gets me pumped up or calms me down or whatever it is. So I'd like to know what other people do for in terms of um, 
musical inspirations and loves and hates and all that sort of thing. Um, I know my musical taste is certainly not for everybody, so um, there's going to be people listening to various things I've said in there, just pulling their hair out going, oh, why? And then there's other people where it might maybe jog a, a memory and go, oh, yeah, that's right, what about off on some tangent, whatever they might be thinking, so there's that too. Um, other things I've been thinking about for through the year is maybe doing a couple little interviews here and there with people that uh, I know and respect, and maybe even a few people that I don't know, um, and just bailing them up for quick, you know, 30 second interviews or sit down and have a, a gas bag. Uh, I'll probably have to organise some microphones and stuff like that, but I've, I've got a couple of, uh, I've got a gentleman and a lady in mind that um, are both in the motoring side of things that uh, they don't know it yet, but I think I'm probably going to spring it on them to just do a little Q&A, a bit of a, have a chat about all the different things and um, that might go off onto some wild tangents too. So yeah, well, um, that might be something I add in as a surprise here and there. Um, I was trying to think, so it's not purely motorsport based, who else I'd talk to? Um, I've got friends in the cycling game and in the, the Muay Thai game and um, people that think outside the square that I wouldn't mind bailing up and just having a chat to as well. So we'll see how that goes, that, that might be something. Um, I'm not going to be a prolific podcaster like uh, the the top of the, the tree, Joe Rogan, or I'm not going to be um, somebody that sets the world on fire, but maybe I'll do half a year and have a break, or three months and have a break, and then I'll just do seasons here and there. I'm calling this one season two, only that to break it up a little bit so I, I think I had five or six or seven podcasts that I put together back at the tail end of 2019 just as a bit of an experiment and yeah we'll move on and I'll see if I can sort of bust these up a little bit so people can pick and choose if they do decide to listen um, take me in small doses I guess because <laughs> I know my voice is hard to uh, listen to for too long but there you have it. So here's a whole new rambling from the road. I'm putting foot to road uh, out for a walk. Got the dogs with me. It's uh, well, it's basically pitch black. The, the light will come in soonish. Just trying to beat the heat and the bushfire smoke take them for a stroll before it all gets nasty but um thought i'd add a different rambling from a different type of road uh rambling from the road and footpaths <laughs> around home anyway um so i was uh, just a very quick one this one um i did all my usual schooling primary school high school uh into our high school in australia sort of encapsulates year 7 through 12 whereas other places I believe they do 7 through 10 is high school and then 11 and 12 would be uh, college or something else but anyway it's all in one for us um, and yeah I was a fairly good student um, reasonably smart I've been told but um, I applied myself adequately but 
my father's dream for me and something that was in my sights at one point was to be in the Air Force as a pilot, um, which obviously takes a whole lot of commitment, a whole lot of brains. And apparently the teacher said I had it, but I didn't apply it because I got sidetracked with girls and cars and bikes. So, gee, what a surprise. So anyway, school for me was not bad and I remembered some of it. There's obviously, I don't know how much algebra has helped me in my life since then or playing the recorder. <laughs> um, nobody really asked me to whip out Mary Had a Little Lamb just to make him feel better at any stage or for a job application or whatever. But it's, yeah, school really didn't do a great deal for me. I had sights set on other things. And um, I was thinking about there's stuff there that I just don't remember. But at the same time, I was burying my head in magazines because the magazine was the only way to go back in the day. There was no real internet. There wasn't an internet at all, actually. Um, and I'd see all the comparisons of tests between bikes and what materials they were made of, you know, what grade of chromoly and what their wheelbase was and uh, top tube length and all of the various things. And I could remember all of that stuff. I could remember what rider was switching from this brand to that brand for the new professional season. Um, I could, don't ask me why, but maybe my thinking there is that that was something that I wanted to be immersed in and involved in and knew and loved. So that stuff stuck. Um, I was just listening to a rather famous car test guy saying he can't remember a damn thing from school, but he can remember all of the 0 to 60 times of cars that he's tested and stuff like that. I kind of fall into that category. If it's something that I know and I love and I'm passionate about, I'm probably going to retain it. Um, one of the problems I had back in about 2013, actually, I had a little stroke. Um, stop being rude, those of you in the back, but uh, anyway, strokes are not nice. Um, I was in a, the right place at the right time and caught it very quickly and it didn't do a great deal of damage. Um, it did uh, give me a little bit of a balance issue at times if I'm tired. Uh, my speech is not very good now, as those of you that are listening might agree, but it was, it could get a little bit slurry um, compared to how I used to be where I could, I would be a lot clearer and what have you. Um, one of the, the initial side effects that has stayed is my short-term memory can be quite rubbish so um, I do fall into that now that um, it takes a concerted effort to hang on to short-term uh, details but I know that this is something I've got so uh, I've worked with that and I seem to have uh, retained enough stuff to get me through my life <laughs> but yeah it's definitely annoying however I still uh, can remember the finer details about things I love. Although I do wonder if the old hard drive uh, is getting full up with facts and figures and life's precious because there is, is definitely stuff that uh, I used to know and love it that I'm probably less likely to hang on to now. Um, and I find that I have to really knuckle down and concentrate hard just to, to hang on to those biggest. But yeah, that was just a 
uh, I suppose I'm guessing most people in their lives retain the stuff they really want to retain and they discard or shelve the stuff um, that isn't quite so critical to keeping them going so yeah once again just a, a thought whilst out in the roll. Another session out on the roads. Um, enjoying this drive. I'm driving my mum's Subaru Forester. Uh, for those that do know me, they're going to have a laugh because they, uh, well, if they know me well enough, they won't have a laugh at all. But those that know my predilection for fast and performance cars will wonder what the hell I'm doing in a normally aspirated. 2 litre 2000 model Forester, which is by definition probably a family car or mum's car or a soccer mum's car or something quite boring or something quite utilitarian, something like that. So long story short, my mum died uh, a number of years ago now and this is one of the few remnants that I can lay my hands on physically that still has a connection to her. So. I quite enjoyed driving, driving this car. It's got, I think it'd be lucky if it's got a hundred horsepower. <laughs> um, does have cruise control, uh, not much else, but it drives really beautifully. And I love this thing to bits. And I often say it's my favorite car, um, probably because of the attachment to mum. But anyway, that's me being a fraction soppy. Um, hold it over me if you will, but, uh, yeah, so out on the country roads, actually technically a highway, driving uh, towards country town. Um, completely off the driving topic, this is something I thought of. Uh, I was at home the other day and I was just playing around with my dogs and um, they're hilarious, these two, and they play up to me and my partner regularly and she thinks they're nuts. Um, but one of the things that got discussed was, um, because they're both rescue dogs, where would we be without the, the character of a rescue dog? Um, I've got a Beagle and a Staffordshire Terrier, also known as a Staffy. Um, I don't know if that's a worldwide thing or if that's a typical Australia, Australian shortening uh, and turning of one proper name into a nickname. So Staffordshire Terrier has now been turned into Staffy. Um, George the Beagle and Boomer the Staffy, uh, both rescue dogs and both have very distinct characters, um, both somewhat nuts in their own rights um, and relatively hilarious anyway, but they both of them came from uh, average upbringings. Um, George the Beagle, uh, I've had Beagles before and I love them to bits, they're, they're quite a quirky, almost idiosyncratic uh, breed. They can be an absolute pain in the proverbial, but um, there's something about them and they're incredibly cute and very inquisitive and yeah. Anyway, uh, George came about from uh, a household uh, of a family that a friend of mine was by default a part of, or some friends of mine. Uh, this house was down a long way from us, but the mum of the house was a, a, well, 
not to mince words, she was a drug addict, uh, pretty messed up. Um, the husband, I think, was just doing absolutely everything he could to hold the rest of the house together, which involved uh, screaming young kids and a non-functioning wife. And in amongst it all, at some point, they got a puppy, which was George the Beagle. And for two years, George lived in the backyard, uh, from what I know, and was not uh, socialized with other dogs, didn't get out, didn't get walked, just ran around the backyard, wasn't allowed inside, um, as far as I can tell. And the kids who were fairly young, and they didn't mean to uh, brutalize him. I don't think he was beaten horribly, but he was definitely roughhoused pretty badly. Um, and he just had a, a fairly miserable first two years of his life, which breaks my heart now. I'm getting a little choked up thinking about that. But um, George came to us um, and has taken a very long time to get over the majority of his trust issues. Um, but he's an absolute sweetheart who does some annoying things, digging various things up and ripping various things up. Uh, I think he does it on autopilot sometimes. But um, the other day, I he was in the kitchen with me and for whatever reason, I bent down just to pat him on the head and he cringed and he does this from time to time and it, like he's about to get a hiding and that's the last thing I'll ever do. Um, and he just, it breaks my heart and yeah, it's something that I wouldn't and couldn't wish on a young pup or any animal, to be honest, to be fearful of someone that should be their friend as much as their master and all that sort of thing and anyway uh, I cut this dog a lot of slack because he's had a really shit life and my girlfriend always gives me grief about being soft on him and that's just the way it is so um Boomer the Staffy uh he's an older gent a distinguished older gent he's a little bit grey around the chops um we, when he came to us, he was thought to be about seven or eight years old. So at the moment, he's nine, ten-ish. We've had him for a couple of years now, uh, or near enough on. And um, he lived in a household where the people were just slack, had a bunch of kids, and they'd just leave their uh, garden, fence, gate, what have you, open, and Boomer would just wander off and go down to the local shops and socialize and hang out and walk around and do whatever until he'd get caught by uh, the dog pound to which they'd take him and uh, they he had identification as to who he belonged to but they'd take him um, and notify the people and notify and notify to the point where he was staying there and they would uh, then vaccinate him and everything and get him ready to be homed out or put down and the people would come and pick him up. And then the vicious cycle would occur all over again. And they'd just let him run amok. And um, he's the best natured, super happy. Anybody that's ever had a staffy will know they're just smiley, your best friend, they're a little tank on legs. Um, this particular one, thinks he's a human or maybe he just thinks he's a fierce guard dog and protector of his humans because he genuinely dislikes or nearly hates every other dog and will happily um, 
stand up to any dog and be prepared to get into a fight. And I have no doubt we haven't had him get into a fight. Uh, we've been managed to hold him back. Um, I have no doubt he would open a serious can of whoop ass on pretty much anything. Um, regardless of age or size, he's yeah, he's pretty full on. And I think uh, the only reason he doesn't uh, eat and kill, kill and eat the beagle is that the beagle was there first in the house and the house smelt of the beagle scent and uh, Boomer got introduced to him and they Boomer puts up with the beagle, <laughs> tolerates him, but they are mates and they race around. And I think Boomer doesn't know his own strength and occasionally gets uh, one over on the beagle a little bit more than what the beagle really wants to. But um, yeah, they're, uh, but they're, uh, I guess, the odd couple. Um, but they're they are very good mates. And when we take them for walks, it's just hilarious. And they rumble around the yards and everything. And I love them both the bits. And came back to and this was the discussion uh was how could people not love um having uh the character of a rescue dog and i know there's rescue dogs out there that have been treated so poor, poorly that they're a bit of a, a loose cannon shouldn't be around kids maybe shouldn't even be around adults uh there are neurotic ones there are ones with crazy behaviors that have been somehow forced into them or beaten into them or they've had taken on themselves as a coping mechanism, whatever it might be. But my uh, urge to you would be, if you're thinking about getting a new pet of whatever trim, look into the reputable uh, people that do rescue animals, because uh, in my experience, uh, and I've had purebred animals before, which uh, dogs and so on that I've absolutely loved, but these rescue dogs need a home and you pick wisely and the dog picks you or the animal picks you and I think you're going to have an absolute wonderful experience so please just go out there and, and consider giving a loving animal a new home um, even if they're towards the end of their tenure um, if you can give them a place that they can spend their, their remaining days and that was the plan with Boomer we thought he's quite old and he won't last very long but He's very young at heart, so I might be talking about this in five years' time yet. Um, we'll see. But, um, yeah, please consider a rescue animal. So what did 2020 and the New Year's resolutions that invariably get either broken or adhered to uh, bring you. I've made a number of different commitments to myself uh, and I've put a, a couple of really big ones on the uh, the pin board of uh, accountability. So I know everybody gets as far as New Year's Eve and they make these huge promises and uh, old Lang Syne gets sung and they count down and or the other way around, which countdown. Happy New Year, um, my old acquaintances, not be forgotten, all the rest. And yeah, we tear into the new year and everybody's full of uh, whatever the resolve is. And I know gym memberships traditionally go up 80% or something like that in the first week and then plummet by the end of the first month and so on and so forth. Um, people give up sugar, smoking, uh, um, 
whatever it may be and they eat healthier and they run further and they aspire to this, that and the other and by the first four weeks of the year they want to be able to do a marathon and yeah, there's a million different things. So um, I've been guilty of that when I was younger um, and sillier. Uh, Now I'm not so young and I'm just silly. But uh, for me... Uh, I've targeted a number of different races uh, that I, some of them that I want to treat as a, a training race, some as a bit of an adventure and uh, a learning uh, tool, and some of them to actually go out there and really give it some full throttle. Um, the probably the biggest <laughs> sticking point in even getting towards uh, training up or getting going is. The air quality in uh, my area, anybody that's been across the bushfires in Australia will realise we've actually had the worst air quality consistently for weeks and weeks and weeks of anywhere in the world. Worse than Mumbai, worse than Somalia, and just, to be brutally honest, it's just been shit and it burns your lungs and it hurts your eyes and it saps your power and it's definitely not good for you as you breathe in smoke particles of God knows what. And it's been incredibly nasty. But it looks like, A, there's rain on the way to relieve the bushfire fighting people. And, B, that might keep some of the fumes and everything down. Uh, I've managed to go out and get myself an indoor uh, set of what they call rollers. So it's a training tool for cyclists. So that will help. But it's, yeah, it's a poor substitute. But there's, I don't necessarily know that there's light at the end of the tunnel with the bushfires just yet. Um... We've had a couple of days of reprieve of the insane conditions, uh, but it is, yeah, at some stage it's got to give up. Um, the first uh, real test of my year isn't until March. Uh, I really need to get on the bike now, so I'm coming into that one a little bit better. But um, And then there's something in May, and it goes on and on for various other things with the absolute outright goal of uh, March 2021, which will be the Cape Epic mountain bike race um, over in South Africa, the Western Cape. Um, I've been to it twice. I've been to it once to help their UCI uh, professional men and women's teams. Uh, I'm doing it again in around about eight weeks, I think it'll be, eight to 10 weeks. Uh, I'll be over there again, helping out the, the UCI professionals. Uh, I get to hang out with some top shelf, in fact, technically the best people in the world when it comes to riding fat tyres, riding and racing. Uh, and But the long-term goal is to get over there and actually race the toughest multi-day stage race uh, on mountain bikes anywhere in the world, uh, as it is recognised. So, yeah, um... I've put that one out there. I've even gone so far as to do a GoFundMe for that particular race, even 15 months out. Um, I'm going to throw myself at the mercy of my friends and family and their friends and their families and random strangers and anybody that will help with a dollar or five dollars or something bigger just to help me get there. Um, I don't know if I need to put a link in my bio or not. Maybe I should. Anybody that listens to this might want to help me. I've got a pretty damn good story behind it um, that's in, in my GoFundMe story, so maybe I'll do that. We'll see. Um, I'm still a little iffy about asking people for financial help. 
uh, or any help, to be honest. It's just not my nature. But um, I am at the point now where I actually have to ask people for help and um, give up my ego and my pride and put my arms out and say, please catch me if I fall. So anyway, there's those goals. Uh, Another goal I actually managed to kick just before New Year's showed up, which was to get back in a fully functioning GDR Godzilla that I own. And it's back on the road and dear Lord, you've heard me talk about it. It's a destroyer. And I'm beyond enamored with this young lass. Um, Well, she's an older lady now. She's got a little vintage about her, but um, she's got curves and she's got attitude and she's just wonderful. And that was my big thing is to have by New Year's is to be back in the driver's seat. Uh, And to add to that, and that is a New Year's resolution, was to get a track day done in her because I do... I don't believe in racing on the streets. I think it's stupid. Uh, I've been known to go a little bit fast here and there, but certainly not racing. It's dumb and it'll cost you your life or your car or somebody else or at least some damage and a bill or it's just stupid. Um, So, but go to a track where everybody's going the same direction. Everybody knows that you're out there uh, with intent. There's nothing really to hit aside from uh, another car competitor mistakes can be made, I guess, or you can slide off the track, but there's basically no variables like kangaroos or rain or traffic lights or potholes or any normal road conditions that would upset the apple cart. So to me, going to a track day um, is much, much smarter. Um, I would go so far to say I would prefer to race, but I haven't got a race car as such. I've got a car that is most certainly a race car with uh, lights and a number plate but um, when I go out and because it's my pride and joy I'll probably drive it at seven tenths or four fifths and that will maybe do it because I really don't want to sacrifice all that hard work to have it go wrong but um, yeah I highly like the idea of going fast on in a controlled uh, circumstance in a controlled environment so there is a track day on the horizon uh and as it transpires it's about what are we now it's about a week and a half from when i've recorded this and it's actually on my birthday and i haven't told anybody that so if there's anybody listening to this uh you now know that i'll do a track day on my birthday um a little present to myself so yeah that was another thing on my list uh outside of that I will be healthier. This will come from more training, uh, dedicated training and thought out planned nutrition. Uh, I'm not always perfect. Um, Everything in moderation, including moderation, but um, probably purely a uh, side effect of training so hard is I'm going to burn off and I'll fat and shape and whatever and I will get back to uh, somewhat of the old racing shape that I used to be, which was pretty good. So I'll get back to being healthy again, which leads to another thing that I've promised myself, which was to be better in my own head. Um, my bike is my church. Uh, it's where I heal my hurt. It's quote a wonderful faithless line. Um, 
if I write a lot, I feel better mentally, but I've done and will be doing things that will make me feel better about myself as I go uh, through this year because I know last year I had some really dark points and made some big screw-ups, enormous. Uh, I can't remember the Julia Roberts line, had a pretty one, but um, big, huge. Yeah, did it all wrong Um, this year. I don't want to do that again. I'm trying not to do that again. I am only human and I can make mistakes, but I don't want to make big ones and silly ones like I have in the past. So that will involve looking after myself a bit better. Um, I've got numerous ways I'm going to do that and I'm going to try a few new ones, um, which makes me uh, remember that I need to get a booking or two done, one for a good massage and one to go back to the call them float tanks, uh, sensory deprivation tanks. I've had a lot of luck with those as well. Um, so looking after myself better on that front. Uh, one of my things I really want to do a bit more this year is connect with people uh, at a real thing. I want to drive up and see my family more often. Uh, I want to talk to mates and sit down and have a, uh, a drink or a chat or a coffee or go out for a ride rather than connect on social media. Um, I want to be a part of other people's plans where they invite me to come out for a ride or a, whatever it might be and I can do that too so there's that as well um, I just want to be a better person because I think I genuinely feel I've let down my family and my partner and um, yeah I've not been as good as I could be so I need to improve. We all, I suppose we can all improve. Everybody can always be better, but uh, I know I can be better. So, yep, this year's working towards that. I wonder if a lot of this stuff just sounds like what other people might say or do or promise for their New Year's resolutions, but I'd like to know what, you know, you might have put out there to the universe. As a, you know, I'm not asking anybody to uh, reveal their their uh, more scary resolutions or private ones or whatever, but I'm just curious what everybody else did because, yeah, it's out there for New Year's. So welcome to 2020, and um, I hope whatever you've got planned, you've either got it written down or on a spreadsheet or on a reminder on your phone, whatever it might be, and let's go get this done. Uh, I say bite off more than you can chew, but then chew like hell. So I think for the opening episode for the new year, that'll about do it. Um, I don't really keep tabs on how long these things go, but uh, I'm sure everybody will get sick of my voice, but that's why there's other podcasts out there or music or get outdoors and the great outdoors and go at it. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, um, hang in there, get it done onwards and upwards.